As an entrepreneur, you understand the importance of protecting your business. After all, you worked hard to build it. As a proud partner of Startup Canada, TrueShield Insurance understands the startup community's culture and that the insurance needs of every startup are as unique as the brilliant entrepreneurs behind them. Protect your startup with insurance starting from $29 per month. Visit trueshield.ca today. Underwritten by Northbridge General Insurance Corporation. Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Catherine Forrest and today is June 21st, 2016. In the news this week, entrepreneurs received a call to action last week when three federal ministers announced the focus areas for Canada's innovation agenda. The government is seeking public input and consultation on the following action areas. Promoting an entrepreneurial and creative society, supporting global science excellence, building world-leading clusters and partnerships, growing companies and accelerating clean growth, competing in a digital world and improving ease of doing business. Former Mayor of Waterloo, Brenda Halloran, has been elected as the new Chair of Startup Canada. Also joining the Board of Directors is Global Live Holdings Founder and Chairman, Tony Lacavera, and former Hewlett Packard and Apple Executive and now Intuit Canada President, Jeff Cates. The announcement comes as the organization poises itself for aggressive expansion over the next 24 months. Startup Canada CEO Victoria Lennox testified last Thursday to the Standing Committee on Industry, Science and Technology, further advancing national priorities around procurement, modernization and diversification, attracting and retaining talent, unlocking capital, digital sales and financial literacy skills, and fostering a culture of entrepreneurship. Conservative MP Dean Allison has joined forces with NDP MP Gore Johns of Courtenay, Alberni, and Liberal MP Ruby Sohota of Brampton North to co-chair an all-party entrepreneur caucus. The focus of the group will be to raise the profile of entrepreneurs in Canada. Startup Canada is set to host the second meeting of this caucus during Small Business Week in October. Young entrepreneur Alex Gillis, founder of Bitness and recipient of the 2015 Startup Canada Young Entrepreneur of the Year, shared his views on education with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau when they met earlier this month. According to an interview with Entrevester, the recent high school graduate told the Prime Minister that school curricula lacks creativity and students need more opportunities for expression and to develop their interests. Startup Newsweek is brought to you by Startup Chats. Join us Wednesdays and Fridays at noon Eastern time to deep dive into topics for founders. Hosted by Slingshot founder Edwin Frondozo with a panel of experts from across Canada. Check out startupcan.ca forward slash events to explore our events and register to grow your business. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. 
Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. To any of our new listeners, remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great interview today with my friend Philip Postrovsky, the COO and co-founder of Rent Moolah. It's an innovative online rent payment service that scraps the age-old pay-rent-by-check tradition by way of allowing renters the option to pay by credit card. So freaking simple, but no one's doing it, who just announced a $5 million raise. In today's interview, we're going to dive into Canada's fintech scene, which I just love seeing the disruption happen, talk about how entrepreneurs are changing the future of banking, and discuss the impact of mobile payments can have on the rent-by-check tradition. Philip's going to share his thoughts on the current state of entrepreneurship in Canada and share his top tricks to building out influence both online and offline. This is is uh, actually far from the first project that's led by Philip. He's also an award-winning marketer and former brand leader for Mogo Technologies and Van City. Throughout his extensive involvement with Vancouver's startup scene, Philip was one of the committee members that brought the first startup weekend to Vancouver. Very cool. And spends his spare time raising money through his charity program, which is called Grind for Kids. Wow. Uh, I got it all right, except for your last name, Philip. And I know you've grunted to that before. I mean, I've got the name Rivers and I, they still mess that up. So I apologize, sir, but welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to have you or great to be on your show. Very cool. Very cool. Well, look, first of all, congrats on the big raise. That's uh, that's really cool. And, and how did that happen? The 5 million? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's been a team effort uh, from here at Remula, and we're really excited to uh, to announce that today. And uh, it's going to allow us to take things to the next level and continue our global expansion. Um, and yeah, just really proud of the team for uh, for putting that together over the last uh, few months. And uh, yeah, great timing to announce it here on the show. Perfect. And tell me how that how that journey started with ultimately the race. So what was the what was the the point where you got in the door? How was how did that happen? Uh, well, when I mean we from the very beginning, uh, it's been at the beginning we were just bootstrapped, uh, you know, friends and family, uh, and then when we wanted to take things to the next level, we knew uh, that we had to raise some money to uh, build the team that we needed to. So, uh, you know, we are lucky enough to have a good network of uh, of people that have access to capital and uh, people that have done it before, and we've been guided by our advisors and uh, they help us along the way. And um, as we say here at Remula, ABC always be closing. Uh, we mm-hmm. are we are relentless uh, at everything we do, including fundraising, and that's what helped get us five million. 
Yeah, very cool. Well, I, I, uh, I when one of my earlier guests guests was always talking, always be selling, and uh, exactly the the re- reference point you make there. So, give us a bit of your background. You know, we're always interested in uh, in the entrepreneurs on our on our show about their journey and, and uh, how you became interested in an entrepreneurship. Uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, the background of Philip? Sure. Yeah, I think the entrepreneurship or the entrepreneurial spirit started way back when, when I was a kid. Uh, my dad and my dad is an entrepreneur, and he uh, <laughs> uh, ran multiple companies and sold them. And I remember my first entrepreneurial gig having my own car wash business nice. and washing cars for twenty dollars, and thinking I was a millionaire. <laughs> and uh, then uh, once I once I graduated from SFU, uh, you know, worked client side um, for advertisers, uh, and then eventually. Uh, a, a agency side as well, and really always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Worked for multiple startups, and then when the opportunity came to start up a um, something with my brother, uh, we jumped at the chance. Yeah, very cool. So tell me about your relationship with your brother. I mean, that's uh, you know, I had a relationship with my brother, and uh, I had to end up firing him. So how's uh, how's your relationship going with your brother that you entered into that, and and how do you kind of separate you know that that brotherly kind of love, quote unquote, from hey, we got business to do. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, we have a unique relationship because we're also twins, actually. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I've known nobody longer than him. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. But the nice thing is that uh, if we ever have a disagreement and uh, we exchange some words, we always come back and hug it out. So uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a unique relationship, but it actually works quite well. And uh, so far, it's only helped us uh, grow the business. Well, I've I've got a unique insight as a parent. My I have uh, three children. Two of them are twins. The last two, and a uh, boy and a girl. So, and it is a unique relationship. It's uh, it's 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 so interesting. You can see so much evil at some point, but man, that love really really uh, binds it all together. So, you see, say no more. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but how did you get attracted to online pa- platforms and and digital technology? Of all the opportunity, I mean, you went from you had a car wash, so. Uh, you know, did, were you, you you obviously understood about retail. What gets you focused in on online platforms and digital technology? Um, I think at the beginning, uh, I was a pretty early adopter of uh, of social media, and I actually did quite a bit of social media consulting uh, before Rent Mula. So uh, I was really entrenched in the online space, especially when it came to marketing. And I'm always a believer that uh, if you give somebody a tool that's that's convenient, they'll use it. And um, so I've always been a believer in uh, in a, in uh, in simplifying your life with online technology. So yeah, it just was a natural fit. To to stick with that because I've uh, been in in that world for for a while now. And talk about scaling. I mean, the whole scaling opportunity. It's much easier when you're in that space. Uh, I own restaurants, and trust me, it's hard to scale those because of the freaking upfront costs you got to invest in. So scaling's got to be much easier from a from an online and digital perspective. Definitely, yeah. I mean, the, we you know we have we have our office here in Vancouver, and we have a small office in Toronto. But besides that, we we don't have any other brick or mortar, um, you know, hard cost to worry about. So yeah, nice. uh, scaling is definitely the game, and uh, we're in a good position to to do that. Well, being on uh, one of fastest the fastest growing tech companies out of BC, uh, and I referenced this in your in your intro. I just love what's going on with fintech. I really, really do. I you know the I. I 
can just imagine the conversations that are happening now in the in the in the senior boardrooms of the banks of uh, what's going on. That oh my gosh, they're not going away. So, quick, can you share with us what you know about the fintech environment in Canada that's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think fintech uh, in Canada in particular is really exciting. Uh, you know, Canada is dominated by really five key banks, which is unique, uh, especially to North America. Um, so those banks are not really able to move nearly as fast as any fintech company would. So what I, what I think you're seeing now is you're seeing banks realizing that it's better f- instead of fighting it, it's better if they actually partner and uh, and acquire uh, fintechs and really work with them uh, and then provide provide their own customers a better experience. So it's definitely an exciting space across the country. Uh, and uh, Vancouver in particular, a lot of good fintech stories coming out, out of here. And uh, we think we're, we are one of them. Yeah, well, what is it with Vancouver anyway? I'm uh, It really has got amazing, uh, I'll call it uh, ecosystem. That's an easy word, but just the, you know, there's a ton of diversity. There's a ton of movement. There's a ton of energy. The culture is just so electric in that whole area of entrepreneurship. You know, what, what is it with that anyway from Vancouver? What's what's the deal? Uh, I think it may be a combination of our of our of our location, you know, being located by the ocean and uh, surrounded by mountains. People are really inspired by that, so it's definitely a certain lifestyle here on mm. the west coast that's mm. different, probably from other parts of Canada. And um, I think you know our proximity to Seattle and the Valley, uh, you know, uh, same time zone. There's a lot of good things happening down there, and uh, and those companies are coming up here. Like Microsoft just opened up a new office here. Amazon's up here, um, so. So yeah, Facebook's up here. So there's a lot of good things happening in the valley, and it's spilling over uh, to Vancouver. Yeah, and do you think that the do you think that that's that's happening? I, I, as I, I keep referencing further earlier conversations, do you think that that's happening because it's getting too busy in the valley, and the and the residents there are saying, you know, I I don't want to be here anymore because it's not what it was when we started, and they look up north and they see this uh, this ray of sunshine in Vancouver, the west, and uh, they say that's 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 a cool place to go because it's what it was when we started in the valley a long time ago. Yeah, I think there's multiple factors. One of our advisors is actually the former VP of talent at LinkedIn, and he shared some of his his stories about recruiting in the Valley, and it was just in, incredible. Like uh, being located, for example, LinkedIn was right was right beside Google, and it's mm. tough competing against a company that really has endless amounts of money. So mm. uh, that's I think talent's definitely one of them. the the uh, The exchange rate definitely helps as well, and I think also there's uh, there's been some issues in the U.S. when it comes to visas uh, and getting and getting the talent that's required. So all mm. those factors are kind of working in our favor. Yeah, very cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. But let's uh, go from the valley to from high tech to digital technology. And you've gone back to the very simple, simple, simple thing of cashing rent checks. And we've all been there. Well, I, I know I was there when I was younger. You just putting that check to the landlord, giving them 12 at a time, all that kind of stuff. And then the complaints that somebody's going to bounce it and so on. Look, you've touched on a traditional environment, a traditional industry, but have made it uh, a, uh, you know, high tech. What is the impact mobile payments now are having on the way that uh, the Canadians pay rent? 
Yeah, so uh, we know Ren Moolah is uh, has become the market leader in enabling property managers uh, to eliminate the rent check. So uh, I run into people time and time again that are telling me that they've been writing rent checks, and it pains me to hear that. And I'm also running into more and more people that are now paying their rent with Ren Moolah. And really, you, you enable that individual to pay their rent from anywhere. They don't have to find their landlord. They don't have to order checks. A lot of our demographic, for example, students have never even seen a check or a checkbook. <laughs> yep. so, so for them, they, do, they don't even know what to do. Uh, so, you know, it's just one of those things that checks have for some reason have stuck around in the property management real estate space. And we're just enabling these property managers to offer a payment method. Uh, credit card, e-check, uh, that really just eliminates the rent check and makes life easier for everyone involved. Well, it's, it's interesting what you just talked about the pain points because I, when I when I first was uh, when I was getting ready for my interview with you, I uh, you know my natural focus was oh the landlords are the ones that are driving this, but you just touched on no, it's not. It's the it's the it's the payers themselves because they just don't know this world of checks. And so they're demanding the services be done online. Is it fair to say that? Or are the landlords also kind of saying we, we need this type of thing, too, because of the streamlining? Uh, great question. Yeah, I, I think it's I think we're now seeing both. So there are tenants demanding it. And now that, you know, we have some of the biggest players uh, as our clients, uh, their competitors, they're seeing, well, they're doing it. It's now it's not it's almost becoming a necessity or uh, really it's it's just expected that you can make an online payment. Right. Uh, so because it's becoming the norm, uh even though it's an industry that's a little bit slow to adopt to some technologies uh, and, you know, some are still accepting checks. We still hear it. Um, <laughs> uh, they are, they are switching over and the Canadian government has a mandate to eliminate all checks or reduce them significantly by 2020. So, wow. um, yeah, so we're there to help with that mandate and uh, we're excited that they have that mandate because uh, um, who, who likes writing rent, like who likes writing any checks, yeah, yeah. let alone rent checks and having to find your landlord to do 12 of them at a time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely uh, right on that. No one loves to do it, and um, and it really has uh, has uh, has become more of a pain in the ass more than anything to uh, to do it for everybody. But I, you know, I when I did the intro, I talked about you know I said nobody's doing this, and and that's not a fair statement. I just was excited because I think it's such an easy, 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 uh, uh, easy solution. But I don't think it's a it's a uh, you know, a very popular space to be uh, to be hanging out in. But there's got to be competi- competitors out there. What uh, you know? What other fintech companies are doing the same sort of thing that you are? And and how do you differentiate yourself from them? Yeah. Um, so. Really, not many players in the Canadian space at all. Okay. Uh, we are we're really uh, we are we're based in Vancouver, but we're aggressively growing in the U.S. And the U.S. has a few players that we're watching. For example, Radpad is one of them. Uh, Plastic is another. Uh, but the way we differentiate ourselves, uh, well, there's multiple ways, but the one of the key ones is we also have our own Moolah Perks program. So okay. we're all about making paying rent rewarding. So not only mm. can you use your credit card and leverage your existing rewards program that you already have. And now a lot of cards are, you know, giving you 2% cash back uh, or 2% in rewards. So you can really have your rent pay you. Uh, but we also have our own Moolah Perks program. So we're partnering up with some of the, you know, some of your favorite brands and services across 
Canada, across the US and locally as well to offer exclusive um, offers and deals to our users. So again, we're just adding value uh, and giving something back for something you usually get nothing for. When you pay your rent, you do get a home to live in, but you get nothing else for it. So mm. we're making paying rent rewarding uh, through a Moolah Perks program, and we're always adding lots of exciting new partners. Um, we just added Hotel Tonight, uh, and we've had Worcester Black Home as a Moolah Perk, and uh, yeah, you, you name it, we've probably had it. Is, is, but is, is, is rent your lane or is it now expanding into other areas to, uh, to, to pay, pay online with through your, through your service? Yeah, for now, we're really focused on rent. I'm a big believer in being focused uh, mm-hmm. when you are running a company. Uh, there are definitely distractions out there, and we have looked at other opportunities. And there are some things we are working on, uh, but for now, we're primarily focused on rent. Uh, the opportunity is so huge in uh, in in Canada and particularly in, in the U.S. It's a $450 plus billion market. Wow. Uh, so for us to even get a small piece of that, we're doing just fine. Yes. And there's lots of room for competitors to play in so we're just focused on rent because it is people's single biggest monthly payment usually yep uh so yeah we're focused on rent for the time being yeah it makes ton of sense congratulations on that focus it's really really important uh you know it's a the, the old adage you chase two rabbits you catch none and uh so good for you to, to focus in on that um uh, Philip, you've uh, you've spent a lot of time on building and managing communities on social uh, networks. By the way, I followed you today on uh, Twitter. Um, what's your strategy behind your social media success? Uh, personal or or Rent Moolah? Yeah, let's uh, you know that's a great question. So let's well, this we're on a Rent Moolah um, uh, journey right now. Let's keep talking about that. But I still I, we'll we'll kick back to your personal brand. Sure. Yeah. So when it comes to Bermuda, we are, uh, again, another key differentiator for us is that is our brand. So we position ourselves as a B2C fintech lifestyle brand. And because we are a B2C brand first, a B2B brand second, because our, 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 partner, our partnering with property managers, we, uh, we, we take our, all of our social channels very seriously. We're very active in building, in building conversations and getting people excited about paying their rent, which is usually something that you don't get excited about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! I get to pay my rent. Good for exactly, you if you right? get that and, happening. And, yeah, and the first of the month here is always exciting for us because, you know, it's the busiest time of the month. But yes. for a lot of people, it may not be their most favorite time of month because it's when they have to pay their biggest bill. Yes. But, uh, yeah, we are just engaged with with users um, on, on, uh, on key social sites uh, and just uh, getting them excited about using our product and getting rewarded for it. Yeah, so let's talk about your um, let's talk about your team because you, uh, you you touched right on that in the very beginning and talent is is I think a critical uh, key of any any success. I'm a, I'm a big football guy. I do a lot of analogies in in that regard, and it's all about excellence. Uh, it's all about uh, team. It's all about values and principles and so on. And you know how has finding unique talent set you aside from your uh, from others in the space, which we just talked about a second ago, but more so important you know how are you finding that talent let's forget about how it sets you aside you obviously got a, a team of people people that are on there that uh, are really really saying man i i want to play in this space 
Yeah, I think some of our best, and we, by the way, never, we actually always try and refer to our team as team, uh, as team members. We never use the word employee. I hate that word. Yeah, nobody's an employee. They are a team member, part of the Remula team. Nice. Yeah, so I think some of the best uh, team members we found have actually been through through referrals. So, um, you know, we don't use recruiters. Uh, You know, we ask our team to uh, to look at their own network and see who they know mm-hmm. who they think would be a good fit for a certain role and that has been very successful for us and our all-stars have all come through referrals all of them all-stars now what do you mean by that well what i mean by all-stars is you know people that are they they just have that passion and dedication and are willing to do what it takes so that's not something you can really you can pay somebody x amount but if they don't have that dedication and that drive it yes. doesn't matter you yes. can't buy that. You yeah. can only find it. And we've been really fortunate to find that in pretty much all of our team members. Love it. Um, I said I was going to get back to your uh, your social media, personal branding. Um, you get a lot of CEOs uh, who uh, who don't really want to have that presence. I'm one that I build a personal brand, and then my companies also have their own brand. So um, how, how committed are you to building the Philip brand and uh, – uh, you know what are some of the some of the, uh, uh, the the word procedures come to my head, but the the uh, the strategies or tactics that you use on a regular basis that seem to be working for you. Yeah, so I'm a big believer in in knowledge sharing. So everything that I read when it comes to marketing, fintech, mobile, any of that, I tweet everything I read. And that definitely takes some time on my part, but I love sharing knowledge uh, with other people. Um, And I think it's really important to build your personal brand. You may have noticed uh, when you followed me, I've tweeted uh, almost 22,000 times. And those aren't tweets of me saying I'm waking up. Those Mm. are tweets (laughs) that I would consider. uh, I, I only tweet things that I think are really worth uh, someone's time. So I've really taken um, a, a, a great sense of pride in building my personal brand and really p- positioning myself uh, as a fintech leader, a, fin- a fintech expert. Uh, and uh, I've done that now for many years and uh, continue to make time for it every day. Is, uh, is Twitter your, uh, your, your social vehicle of choice or do you have, uh, do you have Facebook? Uh, do you do Instagram? What's yeah, uh, so yeah, so you know, for Twitter, it's definitely more focused on on business. I don't really do anything personal on there. Facebook is all personal and definitely some rent moolah. Uh, and then Instagram, uh, yeah, I um, I'm a big I'm actually a photographer um, on the side, more as a hobby. So I I consider Instagram more uh, of an outlet to show show my hobby for photography. Ah, uh, very cool, man. And LinkedIn and, and LinkedIn always delivers too. Does it really? When you say it always delivers, see, that's interesting. I've been trying to figure out that medium. I got 4,000 people that connect with me, and I just can't figure out how that medium can always deliver for me. Give me a tip. I think uh, I think it's really important when you're, for example, um, it's really d- delivered uh, for me on the Renmula side. So right. although Renmula itself is active on LinkedIn from the B2B perspective and investor relations perspective, for me, it's also a great way to get uh, to update my network about Renmula. So, you know, 
always try and post some kind of image with your link. I find if you're posting some kind of uh, photo of your team or something, uh, it's going to do much better in engagement than if you're just posting a link and it just generates one of those preview links. It's just not as exciting. Something so simple, isn't it? We forget that we say Instagram is made with pictures, but for some reason we think that we, we shouldn't do it with LinkedIn. And um, and so thanks for that reinforcement. Mm-hmm. I want to I talk about uh, you giving back because uh, you have raised over a half a million dollars for BC's sick kids through your your startup grind for uh, for kids. I mean, uh, you know, you're a successful entrepreneur and you got a hectic schedule. Uh, how do you? Well, first of all, why is it important for you to make time for giving back, and and how do you involve that into your uh, your your weekly activities? Yeah, I think from for for me um, having Ramula is very satisfying, but giving back is just as satisfying. And uh, when I uh, who forever uh, whoever isn't familiar with Vancouver, there's something called uh, the Grouse Grind. It's uh, one of the it's been rated top ten most dangerous hiking trails in the world. It's not that dangerous at all, but it's a <laughs> steep climb up a hill. It's a Mother Nature stairmaster, and I was doing it quite a bit, and I realized. You you know, sorry, you said Mother Nature stairmaster. It is. Yeah, I love it. it. Is, yeah, it's actually 2,800 feet of vertical, uh, just uh, under two kilometers. So it is literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stairs. And uh, there's a lot of people that do it quite often. I was doing it a lot. And I realized that there could there was an opportunity here uh, to raise money for BC Children's Hospital, which I had already been volunteering for. And so I found a grind for kids. And yeah, to date, it's raised over half a million dollars. And really, I think it's always important to give back. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I actually just have, I just had a baby not too long ago. Congratulations. And I talked to my yeah, and I thought to myself, you know, it's one of those places you never want to go to, mm. but you really appreciate it when it's there. So, mm. uh, you know, there's uh, uh, hundreds and or thousands of great charities out there. I happen to pick BC Children's Hospital, but as long as you to make time to give back even a little bit, if everyone did that in the world, the it would be a lot better than it, it even is now. Well, you know, when uh, when you hear about the, uh, the the struggles of small business people and the importance of uh, of supporting them along that journey, uh, one only has to be reminded of exactly that. Actually, the, the, the entrepreneurial community, small business operators, startups, and so on, do a great job of giving back to the community. And I think society in general really needs to pat them on the back for it. It's not about just the, you know, the, 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 the big corporate organizations giving back actually more comes from from organizations like such as yours and uh, I think that's really cool but I, I what I want to know is why would I besides the BC sick kids uh, um, uh, great value and donations and so on what's in it for me personally to participate in grind for kids what's explain the day Sure. So what it really means is, uh, you know, the gross grind season goes from around May to October. And, you know, every person that, uh, or if every grind, every gross grind that you do, you would get pledges. So at one point I was getting paid 
um, I think it was a um, hundred dollars per grind, and I was doing a lot of them. So you know, I had all these pledges, and so I was incentivized to do this to do the gross grind, which is not that enjoyable. It's an amazing workout, but it kicks your butt every time. <laughs> and so, as you're going up the trail, thinking, "Why am I doing this?" You know that you're getting paid a hundred dollars or whatever you've had pledged to you to do this, and you know it's going to an amazing cost. So nice. you're getting you're getting a workout. Uh, you're being motivated. And and you are um, helping sick kids, so yeah. it's a win-win. So, so it's not a, it's not a day; it's a it's a it's, season. Yeah, it, it's a season, yeah. So yeah. there are there's lots of you know runs out there, and I thought you know there's there's uh, lots of runs, and that's great. But this is more of a season thing. So yeah, it goes mm. from the beginning of the grind season to the end. How, uh, what's the uh, fastest you ever did it? Uh, the fastest I've ever done it was around 39 minutes, uh, and it's supposed to take you 60. So I was happy with that. The Vancouver Canucks um, do it uh, sometimes in 35 minutes. So, you know, uh, maybe I should have played hockey. Yeah, well, we got to <laughs> keep in mind it's uh, it's been a while since the Canucks have been there for the uh, for the big game. So uh, they get lots of practice up there, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great jab, and that's a fair jab. That's yeah, a fair it is a fair jab. jab. I'm, an, I'm an East guy. I'm an Easterner. I'm a, I'm a Habs fan. And uh, this year they're heading to the grind early too. So it's yeah, it all good. It has not been a good, good season for Canadian and NHL teams. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, half a million dollars is absolutely fantastic. Now, actually, I asked you the fastest time. What's the slowest time it took you? Uh, when I first ever did it a long time ago, I think it took me an hour 15, the very first time I did oh, that's it. That's good. That's a good rookie run. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Philip, we've got uh, we've got uh, about uh, two or three minutes left, and I want it to be about you and, and your insight from, uh, from your experiences, from connecting, from contributing, all those sorts of things. What are some, uh, some, some final thoughts or comments that you've got a national audience that, uh, that is really key? on what you're doing but give us some uh, some final words of wisdom I think it's really important uh, if you want to be an, a true entrepreneur you know there's lots of great ideas out there but the the first thing you need to to do is actually bring that idea to life and not just talk about it. And the one way you're going to bring it to life is by building a really good team. It's all about execution and, and having the team to do it. So, you know, great ideas are out there, but a lot of great ideas don't make it. And the reason they don't make it is because they don't have the right team uh, behind it. So definitely invest in your people. Uh, never underestimate the amount of time you're going to spend on HR. It's been one surprise uh, that I've uh, that you know has come up, but uh, you know your people are are your most important asset, so it's worth putting the time into it. And uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning, ABC always be closing when it comes to investing, when it comes to hitting your 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 targets. Uh, have that mentality that you're always always uh, closing something and uh, you'll and you'll do well those words of wisdom have just echoed across the country man thank you so much Philip this has been Philip Postrovsky he's the COO and co-founder of Rent Moolah we've been talking about life as an entrepreneur giving back to community and of course about the fintech industry that he's uh, so passionate about uh, Philip thank you so much for your time thank you so much Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. 
Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars, that's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. You know, what are some, uh, you know, you talked about, you know, the, the, some key things about um, uh, about starting and why it's good now. Well, how do, you, how do you know if it's right for your business, though? Um, you know, because that's, it's it's kind of a scary thing to go into, into other parts of the world. So how do you know when you're ready? Uh, that all starts with planning ahead and doing research, right? I mean, that, that's imperative. So, to, I mean, basically the first thing to determine if going global is right for your business is, is whether your product or service has what I call export potential. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is there a need or a want for what you have to offer? Uh, and what does the competitive field look like? So in other words, can you create demand for your product uh, in the export world and export market. And understanding that key aspect up front really should be the, the sort of first step of understanding whether or not, whether or not uh, a global expansion is right for your business. Yeah, well, it's a and it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting uh, reference point of understanding if it's right because a lot of companies uh, that I run across they get into this global thinking and they think well it worked here it's naturally going to work somewhere else. A lot of cases we've got you know entrepreneurs and, and startups in our Canadian market uh, that ha- are having some success. But when they go to other markets, their success just explodes. Isn't that uh, interesting? Why right? is that? And, uh, I'm, I'm, one example uh, that I could cite would be Lush Cosmetics. I mean, uh, uh, you know, most people in the Canadian market would uh, hopefully recognize Lush. They're they're pretty much in every shopping mall from coast to coast. Uh, but their largest store and by far one of their largest markets is in Brazil. <laughs> but they're a Canadian business. Isn't that interesting? 